Can I get an amen? You got an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you um, makes you, you know, shout out. Amen. Amen. We're back live from Steubenville South. Let me see which one is that. Oh, it's not turned on. Okay. Um, Emma Cole Dunnigan has joined us. Her mom and dad just left the microphones. Um, but you were in a talk. Yes. Miss um, Katie McGrady was talking. Yes. Yes. She was Tell great. us a little bit about it. She really just expressed to us, like, the meaning of femininity, but not in, like, such a, like, like a feminist way, like, in a... Being a daughter of God mm-hmm. and like being a sister to all of those girls in there and just really just like living in your faith, being a daughter of God, being submissive, but not like in a sense of like, like being submissive. I don't know. Right. Like, yeah, like receptivity, in other words. Yes. Yeah. Being just like listening and just. My brain is just going. It's like a bold confidence that you have in just being still and knowing that your value and your worth and your dignity is in your daughtership. That, and that was very like something that stuck with me, and like just hearing it come from a woman (coughs) made it so much more profound. Mm -hmm. And it really just like stuck with me. Mm. I love that. What's been your favorite part of the conference so far? Adoration. Adoration is my favorite. It's just, it, you really just feel like it's just you and God. Like, nobody else, it feels like nobody else is in there. It's just you and God. Very personal. And I sob like a baby every single time, especially when they start singing. And then that song by Brandon Lake comes on. Oh, I love that song. And I just, I, I ball my eyes out every time. Like, in mass, started crying again. It was just. What's the song? Gratitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Can you remember your first experience in adoration? My first, like, real experience in adoration was at St. Mary Magdalene in Abbeville. I don't remember what we had went for, but it was adoration. And I remember just sitting in the pew, bawling my eyes out, and then I was too scared to go to confession. And then I finally went, cried some more, and I just felt so much better. It just felt like there was this big weight off of me. Y'all have the gift of tears, y'all. I'm surrounded by all these heart people. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm so... A bunch of slob kebabs. Y'all need to know what a gift that is. That y'all have this simple faith of just like, you feel it in your your heart and your soul and you let your body just receive it and then pour it back out through tears. It used to really bother me that I cried so much. Does it ever bother you that you're so emotional? Sometimes, like today, like none of the other girls are crying and I'm just here like, like yeah. a big baby. <laughs> I know because most of the people around me don't cry a lot, at least not as much as me. And so if there were so many moments that I'm like, man, am I depressed? Like, what's wrong with me? What are, you know, why? Why? Because it's uncontrollable. I'm, if I could not cry, I would not cry. But then I saw something, read something. People keep feeding me all this BS. They're like, this is the gift of tears. This is from the Holy Spirit. You need to just like accept it. Yeah. Like, it is like a BS. It's true. I know. But uh, then I saw something. And so many people have said so many affirming things about our tears. Um, 
But somebody that was that always gets super emotional around the Lord, it's like I don't ever want to not be emotional around mm-hmm. the Lord. Like what, if if I'm in the presence of Jesus and I'm not crying, I just don't ever want that to go away. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because that that in a sense is a gift that you're so moved and you feel so loved and you love so hard that it's coming out of your eyeballs. It's like I just don't know. I can I can really like accept it now that yeah. I'm just um so madly in love with the man that created me that I, I can't control myself. For me, it feels like I'm taking in, like especially during adoration, I'm taking in the Holy Spirit and I'm just crying out like all that pain and all that hurting. And it's just like a big release for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very powerful. Yeah. How old are you, Emma? 16. 16. <laughs> Remember what it was like to be 16? Yes. I was yeah. not here at 16. No. I wasn't in adoration at 16. You're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. To be What do you like feel that? like um, God is doing with your generation? Whenever, like, COVID first hit, I was just like, it felt like it just keeps, like, going down. Like, I feel like nobody's in church anymore. Nobody wants to be in the presence of God anymore. They just kind of want to do their own thing. And being here and seeing that there are kids who want to just be with God and learn about him and grow in their faith. It's very refreshing. It's very powerful. And it just, it gives me a lot of hope for our generation Mm -hmm. and generations to come. Do you feel like what he said, what Bishop said was true that your generation really just wants the honest truth? Yeah. I think we need that. I think we need to just be sat down and be like, listen, like this is the truth. Like doesn't matter your feelings. This is what it is. Like, Point blank period. Like, that's yeah. what we need. I can see that because there's so much, like, your, your generation is oversaturated with so much, you know, distraction. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was growing up, like, the temptation about, like, my body image was literally at the checkout register at Super One or Walmart or wherever I was, my mama, Win Dixie, wherever she was shopping. We didn't have social media to scroll and see, like, all of these this beauty and how, what, how we should wear our makeup. It was like, if you got a cover, if you got one of those Teen Beat magazines or, like, Cosmopolitan or something, that was the only way. But now y'all have it, like, at your beck and call on your phone all the time. And I know what that does to me as a woman who's not a 16-year-old that's, you know, dealing with the same things that you guys deal with. So I can only imagine how hard that is to fight for your faith with so much distraction. It There's a lot of negativity with social media, especially now because it's like everybody's trying to be this image and do this and do that. But at the end of the day, what are what's the goal of that? Like... What are you living for by, you know, having big lips and, like, perfect hair, you know? <laughs> like, like, honestly. Uh, what did, Bishop, what did Bishop say? Hashtag facts. Hashtag facts. <clears throat> but, like, to just, like, it doesn't, like, there's no purpose in it. But doesn't it, it makes me sad to see how everybody's sh- just looking like everybody else. That, like, no, it's, there's no diversity. There's no uniqueness anymore. Yeah. It's just everybody wants to, like, look like this beauty standard. And it's all trends. Like, the trends change. Like, next week, yeah. you know, thin eyebrows are back in. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's the point of thin eyebrows? You know, I can't wait till the thin lips for? come back. I'll be, I'll be golden. <laughs> I love what you just said about trends and how they change. Because we interviewed a high school student um, 
over spring break. Mm -hmm. And he gave a talk on that, you know, how, you know, everybody's so obsessed with all the new different trends on the internet, on TikTok, on Snapchat and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, Jesus has been trending for 2000 years. Right. Like, why, why are we not worried about that? Like, why are we not focusing on that? Because everything else changes, but our Lord does not. Mm -hmm. Trending for 2000 years. I'll never forget that he said that. Yeah. Like my mom, she tells me all the time, that's irrelevant. But you know what is relevant? Jesus is relevant. Yeah, absolutely. It's better to just focus on that. How have you learned about Jesus through your parents? Whenever I was growing up, like early on, we didn't really go to church that much. We stopped going for a long time because my dad was Baptist for a long time. And seeing my parents like grow in their faith really made me appreciate the Catholic faith and really appreciate God in a sense. And like seeing my dad go through that RCIA program, going from a religion where they didn't like people that were Catholic and Mm -hmm. seeing him embrace it, it's just, it's very powerful and very like influential in a sense, growing Mm -hmm. up in a house that you're surrounded by your faith and, you know. Like, what did that look like for you guys? Like, when it started to kind of take root in your family, what kinds of things? It was, I could see it in my younger sisters. Like, they were a little bit confused at first, but (laughs) ultimately, like, they were excited. They wanted to pray. They wanted to be a part of it. Like, praying before every meal. My little sister, Vivian, the one who's bad. um, (laughs) She's a free spirit. She will interrupt all of us and say, I want to say the prayer by myself. And so we all just listen to her. And we just roll our eyes, but whatever. <laughs> I have one of those at home, too. And it's, it's it's great, honestly, just being able to grow up where your faith is accepted and not, you know, diminished. Mm. That's beautiful. Does your dad know a lot about the Bible? Does he know a lot of Bible verses? He does know a lot of Bible verses. That's the good thing about Baptists. That yep, he yep. had a conversation with me one day and said whenever he was in high school, they, like, their friends who were Catholic at school, they would make fun of them because they didn't, like, focus on the Bible verses like the Baptists did. Like, all they focused on was Bible verses. And now he's like, that never really mattered of knowing, like, this verse and this verse and this verse. Just knowing what God is trying to tell us and teach us. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of daily mass. That's why I love it so much is because if you go, and I just learned this when we started this podcast and it turned super Catholic. If you go to mass every day for three years, you read the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I was like, ooh, game on. You know, like challenge accepted. I totally want to read the whole Bible. Except somebody's reading it to me and you're mm-hmm. diving into it every single day. Um, and I think that there's so much beauty in that. And that's one of my favorite things about being Catholic because we do get to get this every single day, yeah. you know. Um, if we if we choose to, it's ours every single day, and I don't think there's any other denomination that can say that that they get the word of the Lord and the body of Christ every single day. So yeah, that a lot. It's a beautiful thing yeah. about our faith, mm-hmm. and like Bishop said, you know that um, because of our liturgical calendar and the way the readings rotate and mm-hmm. what they focus on, it prepares us. Like right now. We're being prepared for Christmas Eve because today is the solemnity of John the Baptist. I didn't even know that coming into Mass today. Um, So six months from now, Jesus will enter into the picture. So now is the time where the light starts to come in, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that so much. The reminders that, gosh, how intentional our faith is. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to uncover. And I think that's what draws our little childlike hearts 
in is that it's, it's just always something new to wonder about and discover and realize it's been here for thousands of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're just uncovering it little bit by bit, like little treasures. Do you have, like, if you could build for us um, a cat, like a, a Rushmore of people, so like Mount Rushmore has four heads on it. If you could pick, like, the four most influential people in your life so far that have formed you in your faith um, and gotten you to the relationship that you have with Jesus right now, what four people would be on your Rushmore? First, I'd have to say is my mom. Aww. Just. Join the club. Um, but like seeing how she came from, you know, not having the best life and then living in her faith and with God, it really changed me a lot. (laughs) Sorry. We need to get a box of tissues over here. (laughs) But it was, it's, it's very powerful. I know I keep saying powerful, but it, it is, it's just very influential on your faith and how you grow up and how you see the world because your parents are who you look up to the most and I want to be like my mom and like how she is in her faith and how she just like she doesn't really like if somebody tells her something about her faith she doesn't care (laughs) it's it's her and God that's just how it is so yeah I think my mom would definitely be number one and then number two is like a group of people. Okay. I work at a church in Abbeville. And those kids. I love those kids. What church? Praise Church. It's a non-denominational church. And all of those kids, they come from such hard lives. And to see that they're still there at church with so much joy, just ready to learn, ready to see the goofy skit that we do. Mm-hmm. And just understand that they're here because of God. They want to worship God. That has a big impact on me, too. I love that. Me, too. Great answer. So cool. No, we're not carving them out. So just really, like, today, whoever it is, it might be It could be saints. Yeah. It could be living people. You know what I'm saying? Mother Teresa, that's a big one for me. To yeah. see how she could just give herself up and serve those who needed help the most. That's a big thing. And I think her, like, she really influenced me, like, going to work at the church and just helping those kids. And then also Father Buddy, our priest. Okay. Oh, there there it is. Father Buddy. I mean, I was come on now. I, I figured you'd get there eventually. He... Like, if I could have a priest that was a grandpa, he would be my grandpa. I look up to him like that. And he, he, like, like Bishop in there, he makes church fun. Like, Mm. he, he raps, Father Buddy, he tells jokes, and he's just, he's very personal with us. Wait, Father Buddy raps too? No, he doesn't rap, he just makes, the Bishop raps, Father Buddy makes jokes. For all the people listening to us right now, there's a bishop here from the Bronx. We're not talking about Bishop Desitel. Yeah, he may rap, but we don't know that. <laughs> he yet. might. Yeah. Okay. Go on. But and just being able to altar serve with Father Buddy and really see the workings of the church and like what the body and blood truly mean, and he's opened my eyes to that a lot, and just how much he worships like the Eucharist and mm. it's it's 
really opened my eyes a lot to Jesus and just our Catholic faith in general. Do you feel closer to Jesus when you're serving on the altar? A hundred percent. Is that why you do it earlier? I think I feel more connected to God when I'm on the altar and really just like, it feels so much more sacred Mm. being able to, you know, go pour the wine in the chalice. You know, it feels very intimate and personal. I love that. Me too. I, know. I want my daughter to be like you one day. I hope that I'm doing a good job. That's beautiful, the witness that you have about your parents. And then same thing, because y'all were on her, their rush more because of your unconditional love. Because as parents, that's what we want the most is to know that, like, we know we, know we mess up. But the way that you guys love us as our children unconditionally and that you continue to look up to us and, like, look to us for your safety and protection is, like, the biggest thing that moves our hearts. So thank you for sharing your heart with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're this super so excited fun. to have you. Anything else for our listeners? Um, go to church. Go it's to very church. important. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Okay. And come can to Steubenville South. Yes, I mean, can I get it? Amen. Amen. Emma Cole. I feel like that's a famous name. Watch out. <laughs> it will be soon. <laughs>